I just want to take a moment really quick as we find our places in John chapter 20 this morning. John chapter 20. I want to thank all those that have had a part in helping out with getting today ready. Um, this is uh, going to potentially be happening for a couple of weeks anyway. And so uh, my prayer is that it's not for a couple of weeks. But if it is, I want to thank all those that have had a hand in getting the services ready and getting the um, uh, different uh, uh, live stream things ready. And, and I'm just so thankful for them. And again, let me just say it one more time. I'm thankful for all of you for joining us by way of live stream this morning. I think it's been almost overstated over the last couple of weeks that we're in unprecedented times. In fact, I on purpose wasn't going to use that word because it's been used so much. So I actually wrote down the word unchartered at times. Um, but we're living in a time when, man, doors have been closed, aren't we? We're living in a time when doors have been closed to stores Doors have been clo closed to, to schools. Doors have been closed to businesses. Doors have been closed to public places. Doors have been closed to churches. Several years ago, when I was a boy on the island of Guam, I remember one time my brother and my uncle and I, we were out and um, we were away from my house, but we had people in the house. Some of my family was still in the house. When we came home, nobody was home. The cars were gone and and nobody was home. And, and so we wanted to get into the house, but nobody was home. And so we went around and we checked all the windows. Our, our house there on Anderson Air Force Base, uh, we uh, had two sliding glass doors as well as a main front door. We checked both sliding glass doors and they were both locked and all the windows were locked and, and we couldn't find a way in. And I remember as we sat there on the sidewalk waiting for my parents to return, that wasn't, you know, we didn't have cell phones back then. You didn't have phones that you could walk around and carry and we couldn't contact each other. So we, we were just kind of left on the sidewalk waiting for my parents to return. We didn't even know they were leaving. So we didn't know how long they would be gone. And we sat there on the sidewalk. And for a little kid, it seemed like it was five hours that we were sitting there. It was probably only like 30 minutes before my uncle got up and said, well, we're getting into the house because I don't want to be outside anymore. And so my brother like, OK, let's get in the house. We were kind of eager to see what he was going to do. And he went into this area, the way that our house was situated. You could go toward the front door and to the right, there was a cove that had a shed in it that blocked the view of one of our sliding glass doors that led directly into the dining area. And so we went there and I saw him. I'd never known that this could be done. Obviously, I was like maybe nine or ten at the time. But he started to remove the little rubber insert between the glass and the frame of that sliding glass door. And so he started to remove the little rubber insert and he worked his way all around, all the way around that glass door, almost as if he had done it before. And he took that glass piece in one piece out of the sliding glass door so that we could get into the house. Took it out in one piece. Now he says to me, he says, Lloyd, I want you to run and get a screwdriver, a flathead screwdriver, because I'm going to need a screwdriver to put the rubber pieces back in place when I get this glass back up. I said, all right, I'll go do that. I turned around to our shed because our shed was right behind us and it was locked. And so I ran down that little uh, pathway toward the front door, turned the knob, walked inside my house to where I knew there was a screwdriver, grabbed the screwdriver, came back out and gave it to my uncle. And my uncle said, where did you get this? I said, well, I got it from inside the house. He's like, how did you get inside the house? I walked through the front door. <laughs> we had checked every window. 
We had checked the sliding glass doors, but we never turned the knob on the front door to see if it was unlocked. And my parents had left it unlocked, knowing that they would be gone when we returned. They had left it unlocked so that we could get in. And we'd gone through all this trouble thinking that because the closed door was locked, we couldn't get in the house, when all the while we could. I think it's fascinating that God does some of his best work. And all of God's work is good and all of God's work is best. But God, it's pretty amazing what he can do when doors seem to be closed. It's pretty incredible what he can do when doors seem to be closed. See, that door to our house, it was closed, but it wasn't our best moment. We didn't know we could still get in. Well, when the door is closed, God can still work. When doors are closed, God can still work. I want to continue our series this morning that we've been studying over the last several weeks in this year, actually. God is able. And the title of my message this morning is God is able even behind closed doors. God is able even behind closed doors. Your Bibles are open to John chapter 20 and verse 19. I want to begin reading there. Let's stand together for the reading of God's word this morning where the Bible says in verse number 19, follow along as I read. John chapter 20, verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. By the way, let me just say this. I think we can stop right there and point out that the Holy Ghost wasn't given on the day of Pentecost. It was already present. Verse 23, Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them, and whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, listen to this phrase now, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Let's have a word of prayer and you can be seated. Our Father, we do thank you for your word this morning. And Lord, we thank you that even as doors are being closed all across this country and even around the world, we're thankful that we have a God who is able, even behind closed doors. I pray that you'd help me to be an encouragement this morning and a blessing as we preach your word. 
And Lord, I pray that your spirit would bring conviction where necessary. And we'll give you the glory for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Today, as I said and alluded to around the world, the doors of churches are closed. A couple different times this morning, uh, my wife and I, uh, we got online and we were listening to different preacher friends as they too were live streaming their services in different time zones, maybe on the eastern time zone or in the central time zone or in the mountain time zone and now here in the Pacific time zone. We live stream our service, but all across this world, church doors are closed. You know, this is not the first time this has happened in the history of churches. I mean, we read a passage today where in two different occasions, two, two, um, two Sundays, two uh, Sundays that were right after each other, the doors were closed to the church. Now, they weren't closed for fear of a virus. They weren't closed for fear of, of uh, some, some sort of contamination. They were closed for fear of the religious leaders, the Jewish people, the religious leaders, because Jesus had been crucified. And at this point now, on this first Sunday, he shows himself to the disciples. But Thomas isn't there. But I want you to notice in verse 19, where the Bible says, In the same day that at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut. I want you to notice that when the doors were shut, God still worked. God still did the miraculous. And we can see that plain and simple in verse 26. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, again, the doors being shut. I love this, and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. There is a miracle right there. The Bible does not record that he opened the door. The Bible just said that he went from being outside a closed door to being in their midst of the people that were inside the room of the closed door. Jesus still showed up even though the door was closed. And I want to encourage you this morning that God is able, even when doors are closed, to do miraculous and mighty things. He's able to do the miraculous even when doors are closed. So we can't get downhearted. We can't get discouraged because it's easy to do. What's our government trying to do to us? And, and if you listen to conspiracy theorists, man, there are things all behind this. And I don't know all about all that, but this is what I do know. We have a God that even in a situation like we're facing today, he's able to work. And I'm thankful for it. And so this morning, I, from our text, I want us to see what is God able to do for us when the doors are closed? What is he willing to do when the doors are closed? Well, how will he still work even when the doors are closed. I want to show you the first one this morning. Look at verse 19 again. And I'll, I'll just read and you follow along as I read verse 19 of John 20. <clears throat> then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. You know what God is able to do even when the doors are closed? He's able to give us peace. Even when the doors are closed, God is able to give us peace. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that there's a little bit of peace that needs to go around right now. 
We need that peace that passeth all understanding. When all the rest of the world is scared and frightened, God had told us that we are not to live by the spirit of fear, but of the spirit of a power of love and of a sound mind. And so we aren't guided by fear. We, aren't, we don't live our lives according to any fear other than the fear of the Lord. But yet we have a society in a world today that they are just plain scared. They're scared of the uncertainty. They're scared of the unknown. They're scared of the mass panic because of the pandemic. They're scared of having enough toilet paper. They're scared. But God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And you know what he did for us so that we would not live in that spirit of fear? He says, hey, even, even when the doors are closed, even from behind closed doors, I'll give you peace. I'll give you a peace that passeth all understanding. He said, my peace I give unto you. My peace I leave with you. And, and the Prince of Peace has provided peace for us. Maybe you're watching by way of live stream and you're thinking, Pastor Lloyd, I don't have any type of peace right now. Well, sometimes we lack peace because we don't know the Prince of Peace. We don't have a personal relationship with him. You see, what we're reading about, the account that we're reading about, is when Jesus appeared in the upper room to his apostles after he rose from the dead. Now, that's a tremendous thought. And the reason why is because he rose from the dead. That's the reason why we can know for sure we're on our way to heaven. Without this passage, without the resurrection, without Jesus coming up out of the grave, there is no salvation. And so I'm thankful that he gives us peace by providing salvation. So how did he do that? Well, God the Father from heaven sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to be born of a virgin Mary, to walk amongst men, to be 100% man and 100% God at the same time. You see, that doesn't make any sense. Well, he's God. He doesn't have to make sense to us. And as a, as a man, he lived a perfect sinless life, which is the requirement for all of us to get to heaven, is living a perfect and sinless life. And since we all know, if we're honest with ourselves, we cannot do that, and we have not done that, then somebody else must do it for us. And Jesus was the one that did it for us. He lived that perfect sinless life, and he willingly went to the cross. He willingly spread his arms out to be nailed to that old rugged cross. He shed his blood. To pay for the penalty for our sin. He willingly gave up the ghost. He died. He was buried. And on the third day, he rose again from the grave. Why? To give us peace. To give us peace. And from, the behind, from behind the closed door, Jesus gives us this affirmation. I'm giving you peace. I'm giving you peace. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you cannot have peace with God. You have to trust what He did for you on the cross. You have to be willing to ask Him to forgive you for your sins and to be your Savior. And until you do that, until you ask God to save you and to make you a home in heaven, there is no true peace for you. But God, from behind a closed door, says, I'll give you peace. I'll give you peace. I've provided it for you. You can have the peace of salvation. You just need to reach out and take it. So maybe you're listening and you say, wait a second, Pastor Lloyd, I don't think I've ever done that. I mean, we're right now. Where you're seated, where you are, you can bow your head in humility and say, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I've, I don't deserve to go to heaven. 
but I believe what Jesus did for me on the cross. I'm asking him to forgive me for my sins and to be my savior and to make me a home in heaven. That's how you reach out and take the peace that God offers in salvation. Maybe you're listening and you're thinking, well, I've already made peace with God because I'm saved and I know for sure I'm on my way to heaven. Well, do you have the peace of God? Do you have the peace of God? Or are you, are you paralyzed by fear? God does not want that for us as his believers, as his children. He doesn't want us to live in fear. By the way, any good father doesn't want his children to live in fear. In fact, a lot of my fatherhood is comforting my children so they don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid when it gets dark at night because daddy's in the house. You don't have to be afraid when it's dark at night because we made provision for your security and for your safety. And so, as a father, one of my responsibilities is to make my children feel at peace. Well, if we being evil provide good gifts for our children, how much more so our Heavenly Father would provide good gifts for us as His children? Of course He's going to try to make us feel at ease. We're going to have the peace of God. Now, there's a couple things that hurt that peace. You know when it's not peaceful, maybe between my children and I, is when they're not living in accordance to the way I want them to live. The peace is forfeited. All right, because sometimes that causes tension and sometimes that draws the ire of Father. You know what happens when, as believers, we don't live the way that God intended us to live? We forfeit that peace. Not the peace with salvation, but the peace of relationship between our Father and us. But here's the thing. God doesn't want us to live that way. He wants us to have peace. And if we would simply be willing to live the way that He's instructed according to His book and live by faith, trusting Him, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what virus is a threat, God says, you can still have my peace. Find every closed door. God says, I'm here to give you peace. And so we should embrace that today. He said in verse 19, peace be unto you. Now, I think it's fascinating. Let me just point this out too. He said, peace be unto you. And then verse 20 says, and when he had so said, look at what he does. He showed unto them his hands and his sight. It's as if they didn't recognize him at first. But this would not be the first time that happened. Remember when he came walking to them on the Sea of Galilee? And they thought he was a ghost. And then they realize, oh, it's the Lord. That's the Lord. He said, be of good cheer, it is I. And Peter said, if it's you, bid me to come unto thee. They didn't recognize it was him. And it's not until Peter stepped out on the water and took those few steps that they realized this is the Lord. Well, it's almost as if, again, they had, they had drifted maybe or they had not, not stayed so close to the Lord. They almost didn't recognize him until what did he do? He showed them his hands. If we're going to have the peace of God as believers, we need to stay close enough to the Savior to always recognize Him, to always know who He is. Sometimes we get away from the, the Lord, we get away from uh, God's Word, and we don't recognize when He's speaking to us. We don't recognize the direction that He's giving to us. Well, if we want His peace, we've got to stay close to Him. You say, how do we stay close to Him in this day? He's not physically here. His Word's right here. And this is how we stay close to Him. God is able 
Even when doors are closed, God is able behind these closed doors to give peace. But let me show you another one. Look at the end of verse 21. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. From behind the closed door, God is able. He's not only able to give peace, but He's also to get, able to give purpose. He's also able to give purpose. Now, purpose is an important thing in our lives, isn't it? It is hard to live day by day if you don't have any reason for living. But God says, no, 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 even from behind the closed door, I'll give you purpose. I'll give you a reason for living. And he, he summed it up in this way, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. As a believer, that's our purpose. Do all to the glory of God. As Christians, that's what God has called us to do, to bring praise and to glorify Him. That is why we are here. That is our purpose. But there is a particular calling in our purpose. All believers, in attempting to glorify God in the best way that we can, Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And He gives us purpose. Well, what's, what's he talking about? What's the purpose? Well, what is he sending them to do? You know what he's doing specifically in contact, context? He's sending them with the gospel message. That's what he's doing. As my father has sent me to come down here and to reach people with the gospel and to make way, the, the provision for salvation, even so send I you to tell others about the gospel. Now, we're living in a day and age, obviously, where social distancing has become the norm. And so we don't necessarily go up to a person's house and knock on the door uh, because we don't want to alarm people. And we understand that. But you know, there are still creative ways in this day of technology that we can get people the gospel. Uh, maybe you're, you're, uh, maybe you're, you've been praying for someone to get saved. Hey, I want to encourage you. Have you ever thought about maybe uh, sending them as a gift a digital book that explains the message of salvation? There are books, I believe you can get that are, are digital, that, uh, that you can send to people. What about a link to a message that's a clear gospel presentation? Hey, take a half hour and listen to this message. Or if you're a member of our church, take 45, 50 minutes and listen to this message. It can change your life. We don't have to give up on the purpose that God has put us on this earth for, of glorifying Him by way of reaching people, just because we can't be around people. And by the way, that is the beauty of modern technology also. We can reach people. And so I want to encourage you, God is able, even from behind closed doors, to, to give us peace and to give us purpose. But I love this one also. Look at verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. Now, those are some interesting verses, and one of those verses is completely misinterpreted by a great number of uh, religious systems, by the way. But what is the Bible trying to teach us here? That God's going to, yes, provide for us peace, even from behind closed doors, and He's going to provide for us a purpose, but He's not going to give us purpose without giving us the power to do so. And so we see in verses 22 and 23 that from behind the closed door, God's able to give us power. He's able to give us power. Even when the doors seem to be closed, He's able to give us power. 
Look at verse 22. He gives us power in context. Again, you've got to remember, to proclaim Christ. Look at verse 22. And when he had this said, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. That, that person of the Trinity that's going to give us power to tell others the gospel message. And he gives us that power from on high to fulfill the purpose that he's called us to, to tell others. And even from behind closed doors, God gives us power. He gives us power to proclaim Christ. But then also in verse 23, he gives us power to preach the gospel. Verse 23, whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. Now this verse is completely misinterpreted by a great number of, uh, of religious systems, by a great number of denominations, because people will read this verse and they'll say, there it is, God gave the apostles power to forgive sins. But there's a problem with that interpretation because there are so many places in Scripture where God says nobody can forgive sins but me. And so he certainly didn't give power to the apostles to forgive sins. Oh, wait, wait a second. Are you telling me that I don't have to go to a priest and confess my sins so that he can forgive me? You don't have to do that because he doesn't have the power to forgive your sins. I think it's interesting that, that the Pope... This week, the Pope said these words. He said, you don't have to go to a priest to ask forgiveness. You don't have to go to a confessional booth to ask forgiveness. You can go to God. That's the first time I've agreed with the Pope on anything. But he said it himself. And you know what? He's right. You don't have to go to, and you shouldn't go to man. You should go to God for forgiveness of sins. It's been that way, by the way, from the beginning. You can only go to God for the forgiveness of sins. So then what is it then that he's teaching here? He is telling us that we have an opportunity and the responsibility to preach the gospel so that people's sins can be forgiven. That's what he's telling us. And those people that reject the gospel will retain their sin when it's eternally too late for them. But those that accept it, their sins will be remitted. That's what the verse is teaching. That's why God's given us purpose. And that purpose is not without power. And he's giving us the power to, to proclaim Christ in verse 22. And he's given us the power to preach the gospel in verse 23. So that people's, people can accept the gospel message and their sins can be forgiven. Not by us, but by God. And so God is able, God is able even from behind closed doors, to give peace, to give purpose, to give power. And let me give you another one. Look at verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Man, that's just a whole host of problems right now. Because my first question is this. Why wasn't Thomas in church? Why wasn't he with them? One of the apostles. Why wasn't he there? You know, some people have approached this this time right now in different ways. Some people are approaching it as a vacation time, some added days off. And they're okay with that because maybe their salary hasn't been affected or their pay has not been affected. There are a host of people that aren't okay with that and want to go back to work because their income's being affected. But there are people that maybe their income's not being affected and they're, they're, they're approaching this as, oh, just extra time off. It's just more, more days off. Well, can I encourage you that no matter what your approach is this time, 
It's never right to take time off from God. And Thomas, during a very difficult time in all of the apostles' lives, where in their minds and in their heart, Jesus was dead. Most of them had not seen him. Thomas took some time off. He said, I need to get away. I need to think about things. I want to know what's real. I want to know what's not real. And he didn't go to church. Hey, I want to encourage you. I don't know how long this is going to last. But I want to encourage you to be faithful to God's house. Be faithful to church. Tonight again, we'll be live streaming at 6.30. Be faithful. Be faithful. Don't take time off. You miss important things from God's word when you're not there. Thomas missed something important because he wasn't where he was supposed to be. The Bible says in verse 25, the other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. Thomas hadn't seen him. Why? Because he wasn't where he was supposed to be. But he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails. Do you remember what Jesus showed them? When the apostles almost didn't recognize him and then he showed them his hands and then he offered them peace again. They knew who it was. Thomas says, except I shall see in his hand the print of the nails. If you would have been there, Thomas, you would have seen him. And put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. I will not believe. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within. And Thomas, he managed to show up this time. He's there. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. He offered him that peace again. Then saith he to Thomas, oh, he singled him out. He singled him out. Now notice what Jesus, Thomas, where were you? Where were you last week? No, Jesus doesn't do that. You know what he does? He knows exactly what Thomas said. He's God. And he extends his hands and he says, Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless, but believing. And then verse 28, and Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. You know what's not recorded here? Do you remember what Thomas said? Except I shall put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand to his side, I will not believe. You know it's not recorded that Thomas ever did that. Thomas saw the Lord. Thomas saw the wounds. And he made the declaration, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus said to him in verse 29, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. You know, from behind closed doors, God is still able. And God is able to give peace and purpose. He's able to give power. But number four, He's able to give proof. He's able to give proof. You say, how is He able to give proof? Well, He's able to give proof of His works and by His works. I mean, look at what He did for us. Uh, the wonderful work of redemption on the cross. Jesus steps in front of the apostles, and both times, without Thomas and with Thomas, he shows them the work of the cross. He says, here's the proof, boys. And as the Father has sent me, so send I you. To be willing to lay down your life for the cause of the gospel and the cause of Christ. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. And he lays out the proof right in front of him, the proof of his works. And he did it all while the doors were closed. I don't know how this has affected everybody in our church. I don't know how this has affected everybody that may be watching. But I do know this. God is able, even from behind closed doors. He's able to give proof. 
Now, you may be wondering right now, as you watch this, how is God working through all this? How, is, how are we able to, to, to trace God's hand through this difficult scenario? And here's the answer. We may not be able to. So what do you do? You trust His Word. You trust God's Word. And you trust that the Romans 8.28 passages of Scripture... Where all things work together for good to them that love God, to them are the called according to His purpose. And you, and you cling to the promises that even when we don't understand what's going on, and even when we can't make sense of it, we have a God that has already made sense of it all. And all you need to do is see the nail prints and understand that He always provides proof that He works and that He is working. And so even from behind closed doors, he gives the proof. How does he prove it? He proves it by his works. All right, Thomas, you're not going to believe that. Here they are. Here are the works. This is what I did. Because you couldn't do it for yourself. This is what I did for you. And he's able to give proof. He gives proof by, by his works. But the second reason that I wrote down that he gives proofs is, is just as powerful. Look at verse 30. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples. And I read that phrase and I think, well, whoop de doo Because I wasn't there. Great! He did all these signs and miracles in front of his disciples. But I wasn't there. I didn't see the feeding of the 5,000 men, not including women and children. I didn't see him walking on the water. I didn't hear him calm the storm. I didn't see him raise Lazarus. I didn't see him heal the, pool, the man at the pool of Bethesda. I didn't see him raise Jairus' daughter. I didn't see any of that. But he just gave us the words, Thomas, because thou hast seen, thou hast believed. Blessed, blessed are those. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Wait, are you telling me, Jesus, I don't need to see in order to believe? says, no, you're better off if you don't see and you believe. And then he goes on to say in verse 30, many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of the disciples, now watch this, which are not written in this book, but these are written, that ye might, what's the word? Believe. Believe. So from behind closed doors, Jesus not only gives us peace, not only gives us purpose, not only gives us power to fulfill that purpose, but He gives us proof. Proof by His works. And watch this now. Proof through His Word. Proof through His Word. Verse 31 says, These are written. You ever want to do an exciting study? Study the miracles through the book of John. And don't miss any of them. Sometimes uh, they're, they're a little bit uh, discreet, and you might miss them. Like, for instance, if you weren't reading carefully, you might have missed the two miracles that happened in our passage that we just read. Essentially, Jesus walked through the wall. Now, you might say, well, that's not much of a miracle. Okay, you try it. See how that works out for you. But essentially, he walks through a closed door, a room that is sealed, and he stands in the midst of his apostles, and he doesn't do it once, he does it twice on successive Sundays. And I'd encourage you to study the miracles through the book of John. 
Why? Verse 31. These are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ. Even from behind closed doors, God gives us proof. How does He give us proof? Through His Word. Through His Word. That you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing, watch us now, you might have life through His name. For those of us joining us, for those of you joining us that have never asked the Lord Jesus Christ to be your Savior, this is written so that you can have eternal life through the name of Jesus Christ because there is none other name given under heaven, given among men whereby you must be saved. There's none other name, only the name of Jesus Christ. So if you've never asked the Lord Jesus Christ to be your Savior, today is the day of salvation for you. But I'm so thankful that we have a God that even behind, from behind closed doors, He gives us proof. Proof by His works. Proof through His Word. And all this happened from behind closed doors. See, we're living in a day and age where doors have been closed. Doors to schools. Doors to businesses. Doors to churches. But I'm so thankful that Jesus is the one that's able to work even when doors are closed because He's in the business of opening doors. Oh, you may not see a physical door open, but Jesus, He opened the door of relationship to us when He created Adam. Before then, it was impossible. Jesus opened the door of the promised land when He called Abraham out of Ur. Before then, it was impossible. Jesus opened the door of victory in the battle when He declared Himself to the Israelites in the wilderness that He is the Lord of hosts. He opened the door of victory. What about this? Jesus opened the door of the closed womb for Rachel, for Hannah, for Elizabeth. When everybody thought it was impossible, God says, no, I can work from behind closed doors. I can do that. Jesus opened the door of the pit when Jeremiah was caught up in the prison. Jesus opened the door of the fiery furnace when the three Hebrew boys were cast in it. Jesus opened the door of the den when Daniel was thrown to the lions. And Jesus opened the door of salvation when he came to earth as a man. Jesus opened the door to the throne room of heaven when he rent the veil of the temple. Jesus opened the door of redemption when he shed his blood on the cross. Jesus opened the door of victory when he rolled the stone away from the grave and stepped out alive. And because of all of these doors... Jesus has opened up the door to an eternity with Him. You see, we, we see a closed door and we think hindrance. God sees a closed door and He thinks, watch me work. God works even when doors are closed. And so what do we do when all these doors are closed? We keep moving forward for Him because we never know how He will use the closed door to open up opportunities to show Himself strong on behalf of His children. Throughout the history of mankind, God has done some of the most amazing things behind closed doors. And so the question for us this morning is this. Yeah, there's a lot of doors that are closed. 
But are you still going to trust God? Are you going to still do what you can to bring honor and glory to Him? Maybe you're listening and you've never trusted God for salvation. I beg you to do that this morning before it's too late. God opened the door of eternity with, uh, to an eternity with Him because He loves us enough to provide for us salvation. Are we going to trust God during this season of closed doors? Let's have our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning.